Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. If you're looking for a city buzzing with music, art, breweries, and Midwest charm, head to Jackson. It seems that everyone is talking about the Dutch Impressionist artist Van Gogh these days, and now you can experience a new Van Gogh in America exhibit at the Detroit Institute of Arts. You know Michigan's longest suspension bridge, and soon you'll need to walk Michigan's second bridge at Boyne Mountain. And America's Thanksgiving Parade returns to Detroit in its 96th year. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I sure am glad to be back with you again this week. Each week we get together and we get uh, with some friends from the travel industry and we get to find out all about the various places that you should really be checking out throughout the state. We have so many cool places around Michigan, many of them I'm sure you haven't been to for a while. So let's introduce you to some of those places and some of the neat things you can do in those places by starting out in Jackson. Let's bring in Rachel Buchanan. She is the Marketing and Development Manager of Experience Jackson. Rachel, welcome to the program. Thank you, Dave. Hey, I'm just wondering uh, how many people in the audience might not have been to Jackson for a while. Why don't you kind of give us, kind of paint the picture of what Jackson's all about? Sure. Jackson is right smack dab in the middle of the I-94 corridor. So if you're familiar with where Ann Arbor is on the map and Lansing and Kalamazoo, we're kind of kind of centrally located <laughs> right yeah. between Detroit and Chicago there. So we have really been in a revival stage for probably about the last five years. So especially the downtown center of Jackson, uh, the city, uh, it's completely different <laughs> if you haven't been there in that handful of times. Of course, some of the long-standing things that we love are some of the nature things, some of the trails, and um, different outdoor activities that have continued to be established over time. Yeah. Well, it's a really cool town, and I love the fact, uh, the way you said it's kind of being reestablished. A lot of people Mm -hmm. think uh, that, you know, they've already been there, and maybe it's been 20 years, and they just don't know what it's like today. And Jackson really is a cool place. Now, I have to point out, I think the last time we spoke, you guys were going through tons of road construction on 94 and all throughout that area. So that's almost done now, right? Yeah, they're working on it. And, you know, orange barrels turn into bright blue skies eventually, yeah. and we're, <laughs> yeah. we're looking forward to that, yes. I, I bet you are. So that's really good to see that. Now, uh, as we uh, approach the holidays and winter's mm-hmm. going to be here before you know it, uh, we want to uh, kind of fill people in on some of the things that they should be aware of. And I know that uh, you're right in the backyard or, or, or Michigan International Speedway is in the backyard of Jackson. Absolutely. And they do yeah. some really cool things at Christmas time. Yeah, so it's not just NASCAR and faster horses at Michigan International Speedway. Um, An organization has put together this amazing tradition in the county called the Night Lights. It's a drive-through Christmas light display. I believe this year they said there's nearly six and a half miles worth of drive-through lights, over a million lights, 
And this year they've also added a new train, the Night Lights Express, where if you can brave the cold and bundle up, you can rent a bench on the train and they'll actually drive you through. So if you don't want to drive your car, van, (laughs) or own tour bus, um, you can kind of experience the open air cold with all the magic of the lights throughout MIS. This this nightlight display has become one of Michigan's most popular uh, displays. They, they kind of set it up really kind of all over that massive property, uh, yeah. and you kind of meander through. You drive through, right? Yeah, there's actually a portion where you're driving on the NASCAR track. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of invigorating, you know, kind of feeling that curve as you're going around and surprises around every corner some of the lights actually tell a story as you go as well yeah don't don't get too exhilarated and uh, hit that gas just take it slow and and have a good time but you are on that angle and and that's a lot of fun Uh, and you know there's something about those massive light displays that people just love Mm -hmm. so michigan international speedway do you know when they start that oh yeah starts on thanksgiving day runs every single night starting at 5.30 all the way through New Year's Eve, nice. even on the holidays. Now, now do you have a, a Christmas parade in Jackson as well? We do. Well, you know, Santa is really busy this time of year. And in Jackson, we want to make sure we have a spot for him to be open. Hmm. So we don't want to occupy him once he's too busy. So he traditionally comes in at the end of the Christmas parade on the Friday before Thanksgiving. So this year it's Friday, November 18th, at thousands of people downtown Jackson <laughs> waving so- so waving you, and cheering and all the lights. Wow, so you do actually, you you do that Christmas parade before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, you got to kick it off. You got to light the tree. You got to get everybody excited. And, you know, personally, I don't feel like Christmas ever comes early enough, so I'm yeah. okay with it. We're, yeah. We're, we love it. I've been watching the Hallmark channels on Sundays for months. Anything <laughs> yeah. but the Lions, it seems like, these days. So it's okay with me. Yeah. It, it's, I'm ready for the holidays. Now, yeah. um, you know, downtown Jackson has really turned out to be so cool. Um, a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, um, like live music, especially in the warm weather months. Uh, yeah. I love the kind of the public art and all that, mm-hmm. Your, you know, breweries and wineries and such, um, and, and the, the food scenes coming along as well. Yeah, um, right in the middle of downtown, there's some construction going on right now, and it looks like an Irish pub is making its way to the downtown area. Mm. And just, just on the edge of uh, the city limit, a Brazilian steakhouse has been teasing us with a big sign, so we're excited to see that coming in. And there's something else with uh, one of our restaurants downtown that might be a little bit underground. People aren't necessarily as w- aware of yet. Uh, Veritas is kind of our kind of our nice date night style restaurant downtown, and they have a a new feature in the last couple of years here. It's called Drinks and Deceptions, <laughs> and that's really fun to learn about. Sounds like uh, a lot of fun. Well, people need to yeah. head to uh, downtown Jackson. Do some of that that nightlife experience. Make sure to check out the restaurants, especially some of those new restaurants that are coming to Jackson. And in addition to those those special holiday activities, including that Christmas parade before Thanksgiving, the Friday before, it's a great idea, the Michigan International Speedway night lights. We can't forget, though, about all those outdoor activities uh, now, you have all those lakes around there, so ice fishing is very popular, I know. And and you need to uh, check it out. Check out this website for more information, experiencejackson.com. Our thanks to Rachel Buchanan for joining us today. And we're going to head to Detroit. We're going to find out what's happening with Van Gogh and the Detroit Institute of Arts here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org.
It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. I'm so happy we get to talk to our next guest right now because I don't know if you've noticed this because I know it's not just me. It seems like Van Gogh is everywhere right now. You, you hear about these Van Gogh exhibits where you kind of like walk into uh, something that feels like you're walking into a Van Gogh painting, and they seem to be everywhere. They're at big exhibition halls all over the country, probably all over the world. Everybody's talking about Van Gogh all of a sudden, and I've always been uh, one who truly appreciates Vincent Van Gogh, his style of work. I've talked about this before. I'm a painter even though I haven't paint, picked up a brush in a while. But, but I've, I've really enjoyed kind of just getting up close to Van Gogh's paintings and looking at the brush strokes themselves and, and seeing, you know, the way that, you know, Dutch artist, uh, impressionist artist, how he, how he created these really unique pieces because it was a, a really unique style at the time. So let's find out what's coming to the Detroit Institute of Arts. In fact, it's there right now. It is called uh, Van Gogh in America. And to find out all about that, let's bring in Jill Shaw. She is an exhibition curator. And do I understand, Jill, that you you specialize in European artists from a certain time period? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, here at the DIA, I'm the curator of modern European art, and we classify that as uh, works from uh, 1850 to 1970. So I like to say works from Claude Monet to Jean Dubuffet. Um, and uh, Vincent van Gogh falls smack dab in the middle of this time period. So I oversee his works at the DIA. We have five. Um, and uh, this, is a, this exhibition is a great way for us to celebrate our collection. Yeah, and and the DIA certainly has quite a collection and and many pieces that fall within this era. What what would this era be described as? That's not really the Romance period, so to speak. Partially, I suppose. I mean, like I said, we call it modern. Um, mm. For for me, um, modern European art is the moment where artists really start thinking about their media. Um, they really sort of embrace that tactility of um, the paints that they're using um, or, you know, the clay, whatever it, uh, they're using. Um, so there's a, an increased attention to the media itself, but also, you know, modern art means you're looking at modern life. Um, so the artists within the period that I oversee, you know, really saw um, and, and, uh, you know, forged a, a kind of art that wasn't necessarily based in mythological subjects or religious subjects, but rather um, they were responding to modern life um, that they saw around them, and they were painting it and, and prior, or, or prior, sculpting it. <laughs> yeah, and prior to this period, um, most of the paintings that at least we think of would have been kind of realism. Um, in this case, it might have been a little like in Van Gogh's um, you know, experience, he would certainly have these kind of far out kind of unique pieces that uh, maybe people have never seen before that time. Oh, that's, that's, that's absolutely true. But I think, you know, one of the um, perhaps misconceptions of Vincent is that he was working from his imagination, when in fact, it's primarily his, his, his work is primarily based on experiences he had. And um, landscapes he sat in front of um, and people he knew 
and uh, the life that he experienced around him. Yeah, goats flying through the sky and whatever. Such a unique artist. I really do love his kind of bright colors that he would use and so beautiful. So the the exhibit that you have right now at the DIA, uh, is this a traveling exhibit? It's not. It's for Detroit and only for Detroit. Wow. Um, So come January 22nd when the exhibition closes here, all of the 74 uh, Van Goghs will, will return to their respective owners. Yeah, because you, you the DIA certainly has a, a nice collection, but, man, that's that's impressive to have those, you know, that number of, of pieces. Uh, what can we expect to see when we visit the DIA in this, this really impressive exhibit? You can expect to see just a um, an amazing wealth of works by this artist from the earliest moments of his career um, to the last uh, days of his life. Um, And we see an incredible trajectory of his career as an artist, the way in which his his, um, work changed um, based on the artist he was looking at, um, you know, his own personal style developing. Um, but something to, to, to note is that this exhibition is not a retrospective, per se. Mm-hmm. A, retrospective, a retrospective meaning like the first picture you see in the exhibition is the earliest and the last picture you see is the latest. This is not that. Um, this exhibition really celebrates um, Detroit and also the Midwest um, as being pioneers in collecting his work in the United States. So this exhibition takes place well after Van Gogh's death. He dies in 1890. And it's not until 1922 that the DIA will purchase um, the very first Van Gogh for an American museum. So it's a pretty remarkable story um, for for Detroit, for our state. Um, we also are celebrating the Midwest's efforts and collecting his work um, and, you know, establishing his reputation in America because the next acquisitions and purchases um, of his work after 1922, us, the DIA, mm. um, were all Midwestern institutions. Um, wow. So by the time, by, by 1935, only Midwestern museums owned Van Gogh's work in the United States. It, the- wouldn't be until, it wouldn't be until 1941 Um, that a New York museum purchased a work by him. Wow. One of the things I love about the DIA is the way that uh, pieces of art are displayed because they're they're not, I guess, displayed as they so often are, kind of a traditional, I'll, I'll say kind of boring manner. There's always a story or there's always an interesting presentation, uh, the way you folks do it. I'm so impressed. Now, do we get a feeling for um, how his style changed over time with this exhibit? You do, actually. Um, you know, in uh, you know, thinking through the thesis of this exhibition, and you know, uh, knowing that I, personally, I wanted to tell this thematically. I wanted people to experience his work as the first Americans in the United States would have experienced his work, and that wasn't necessarily in chronological order. Mm-hmm. So. While we have um, rooms dedicated to really tipping point moments in terms of the reception and the um, sort of, you know, uh, embrace of of Van Gogh in the United States, which was slow um, to come to pass, um, we do have a moment where we celebrate um, the very first museum retrospective of Van Gogh's work in the United States, 
which was organized by the Museum of Modern Art in New York in 1935. We have three galleries in the exhibition dedicated to this retrospective. Mm -hmm. Most of the works in those three galleries were included in this major, major exhibition that traveled the country and after which over a million people, a million Americans had seen his work from the earliest times to the end times. And um, so we are able to provide um, our visitors with a comprehensive look of how his, his style, his technique, his subject matter changed over time. Um, it's just not the entire exhibition. We have three galleries dedicated to that sort of progression. Jill, we only have a minute, but I need to ask. <laughs> uh, I know that, that DIA has at least one of the best-known pieces from Van Gogh. Any other really well-known pieces that people might know by name? Well, The Postman. Um, we have mm -hmm. an incredible um, version of uh, Vincent's friend, who we met in the south of France, um, the postman Joseph Roulin, um, as well as examples of his family members in the exhibition. But I will say, back to the one that you're alluding to, the self-portrait that we bought um, in 1922, part of the reason and why it's so iconic is because um, Kirk Douglas famously dressed himself yeah. up as our self-portrait in 1956 in the Hollywood production um, Lust for Life, um, which really um, spread Van Gogh's biography and art to the masses, um, I, I just, not only in America, but the world. It's incredible. I can't wait to see it. It's at the Detroit Institute of Arts, the website DIA.org. Thank you so much, Jill Shaw from the Detroit Institute of Arts. We're heading up north next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and boy, do we have a treat for you today because the Boyne folks have been stirring up some really great, uh, really cool things up there in the uh, the Boyne Falls area. Let's find out what's happening at Boyne Mountain by bringing in Erin Ernst. She is the Director of Communications for Boyne. Erin, I have to tell you, uh, it seems like you guys have been in the news constantly this last, well, really about the last half a year. People have been hearing about this incredible investment that uh, the folks have been making at Boyne in all these incredible improvements and some really unique things. So I can't wait to hear all that's happening at Boyne. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Well, I was actually at uh, Boyne Mountain, I don't know, maybe it was about a month ago, and I was there for a meeting or a speech, I forget what it was, and I stayed in Chalet Edelweiss. That yes. was so cool. It was obviously all freshened up, all renewed, brand new, everything. So let's just start there because I was so impressed with that really yeah. great accommodation. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we have had a lot of exciting developments and guest enhancements. And, you know, really, this is all part of our Renaissance 2.0. So, you know, our original Renaissance at Boyne Mountain was when we brought in the Mountain Grand Lodge and Spa, Michigan's largest indoor water park, the largest spa facility in the state, you know, so that was back in 2005 when that facility wow. opened. And so, you know, this Renaissance 2.0 is really this next big push into new attractions, you know, 
upping the guest experience with new and creative ways. And um, Chalet Edelweiss um, is part of that plan. We opened that up in the wintertime in February. And um, like you said, a super unique location there because it is surrounded on all sides of, you know, with snow. So yeah. it is like the epitome of ski in, ski out. Um, so really cool. The lodge was there um, and we did a complete, you know, um, top to bottom renovation in it. So down to the studs inside and, you know, it really has, you know, and, you know, a Swiss flair to a European flair. It has um, European bed sets, pour over coffee and, mm. you know, just a really great mountain chalet feel to it. So um, that is a boutique hotel, 35 rooms in that facility. It also has a sauna circuit and a really lovely relaxation, you know, living area space. So um, great new addition in the lodging front for Boy Mountain. And then uh, really close nearby there, I mean, the the big buzz um, this fall and as we move into winter has been Skybridge, Michigan. So another project part of the plan and a super unique offering for Michigan. It's the world's longest timber-towered suspension bridge. So um, we opened this up back in mid-October and um, it sits right on the top of the hill. So it spans between two of our peaks between McLeod and Disciples Ridge. So guests hop on a chairlift to go up to the top to be able to experience this bridge. And it is a pedestrian bridge, so it's a walking bridge. Um, and it offers really fantastic panoramic views of the surrounding Boyne Valley. So a really cool new addition to the resort. It's You know, when I was staying at the, um, at the Edelweiss uh, location at the chalet, I kept on seeing these workers uh, go up. Uh, to work on uh, the the, uh, the the cool bridge, but I didn't have time to go up there that time. But luckily, I think it was even last winter, I was up for a tour and I saw the beginning of the construction of that that yes. incredible, yes. Um, you know, world's longest bridge of its type. And I yep. could I could already tell back then how how beautiful this is going to be. The the views, I just could tell it was going to be stunning. And of course, you opened it. Just before the peak of the fall color season, the photos I saw on Facebook were remarkable. Yeah, we sure did. It was timed perfectly um, to that. And really everything came together so nicely, you know, with warm weather, peak colors, and this fantastic new bridge for people to experience. So, yeah, this project has been over a year in the making, um, about a year and a half in development and um, additionally, you know, design time on top of that. But um it's just something that is, you know, is so unique. It's stunning in itself just to see it. You know, there are um, timber towers framing both sides. They're 52 feet high by 70 feet wide. Um, and so you've got these big anchors on both sides of the bridge. And then, of course, the suspended portion of the bridge Um it does move, you know, it's a suspension bridge. So I think that that's part two of the thrill and maybe what people didn't expect as much going on there that um, as people are walking, the bridge moves a bit. And so, you know, that offers the thrill. And there's also a 36 foot panel of glass right in the middle section of it. So um, this bridge sits 120 feet off from the valley floor. So you get that view straight down if you want to. Of course, you can also just kind of walk on by with your head held high and <laughs> and not uh, choose to look down. But it's just really been fun to see, you know, different reactions. And, you know, we have the total age range from little kids crossing it all the way up to, you know, seniors that are, you know, out there just having fun and doing something a little different. Well, it's 1,200 feet long. Uh, so it spans these these two peaks 
and kind of at the top of the hill there. And yeah. I was really honored and humbled to hear your designer say that the design of those wooden, I don't know what you call them, anchor pieces? Yep, timber uh, towers. Timber yeah. towers, yeah, were uh, partially inspired by the Pure Michigan M. That was yes, just so nice were. for him to say that and, and to think about that, because this yeah. is truly a pure Michigan experience. Absolutely. Yes, it sure was. We have worked with a great company called Experiential Resources, and um, they were the designers and builders of this bridge and exactly right, Pure Michigan. And the, the M is the elongated form with the uh, bridge is exactly the inspiration behind it. And, you know, we really just wanted something to that fit with Northern Michigan. And, you know, that's really why the timber portion, you know, was incorporated into that design, you know, of the logging heritage of northern Michigan, even land, you know, that is now Boy Mountain was logged, you know, so, you know, we really wanted something that, that fit in with the landscape. And um, and I think that this bridge um, just was a phenomenal job. So it's, you know, like you said, it's a great experience just to see it. It's a great experience to walk across it. And um, a lot of people have been having a lot of fun with it. Well, of course, I come up to Boyne in the wintertime quite a bit, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, is the bridge going to be open at wintertime as well? It will, yes, yes. Open year-round. So that will be really neat, too, because um, that span of the valley there where it's located is right over top of our Rams Head lift, too. So skiers and snowboarders will be underneath. We also have a train park located in that area, so you get to kind of see some fun tricks being done in the park as well. And um, so, yeah, so a great year-round addition. And, you know, on the other side of the bridge as you cross it, and um, we have set up, you know, a food trailer over there. You can have drinks. And, of course, um, on the other side, um, people have been getting a glimpse at the top of our new Disciples 8 lift as well. So yeah. situated right in that area and another really big project and, uh, and great addition coming for the winter season. Yeah, this is not a small investment either. In fact, I heard about Disciples 8. It's a high-speed chairlift. It has kind of like a plastic dome type of thing, the see-through dome that you can kind of pull over you when you sit down there. I've seen this in Europe, but I, I, I'm not aware of anything like that in America. I don't know if there are any others. Yeah, so there's we have two big lifts that are coming in. So at Disciples 8 at Boyne Mountain is going to be Midwest First 8-person chairlift. So what we did there is we took out the Disciples 1 and 2 chairs for those familiar with the, the property and skiing with us and, um, and brought in this uh, big super chair. So eight person chairlift going up there. It's um, going from about a 10 minute ride up to a three minute ride. Definitely, you know, a wider, more spacious, more comfortable um, chair going up there. So um, a lot of great things with uh, with this lift. And I think it will really transform the Disciples Ridge area. Um, a lot of really lovely terrain through there, a lot of greens, a lot of blues. And so, you know, it will appeal a lot to the transitioning skier, as well as families, um, will really benefit from having that new chair come in over there. Um, so this is opening up for this winter season. So um, that's something people can expect for uh, for this winter. And then um, additionally, over at the Highlands, so sister property to Boyne Mountain located up in Harbor Springs, 
um, we are putting in a um, it's Camelot six. So it's hmm. a six person lift. And that is where the bubble chair is actually going to be. So oh, that's, okay. that one will have. Yep. So um, that one is coming in for the 23, 24 season. Wow. Um, and um, yeah, the, you know, the Highlands actually had um, the first bubble chairlift in the world um, at the resort. And so, you know, this is really a fun coming full circle um, opportunity to bring another bubble chairlift um, back to the resort. So, yeah, yeah so that does have the dome uh, that comes uh, fully automated. It goes up, it goes down, keeps you warm. The seats are heated. So, um, really cool new addition coming for the Highlands as in- well. Incredible. You know, the Boyne properties have been known for innovation and for providing great experiences forever. Everett would be so proud uh, of all that's happening there at the Boyne properties. So, you need to check out what's happening at Boyne Mountain. You're going to really love it. The website is boynemountain.com. I want to thank Aaron Ernst from Boyne Mountain for being with us today. And next, we're going to find out about the 96th America's Thanksgiving Parade here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan, and I'm so happy. Let's just say we've saved the best for last in today's program because we're bringing in Tony Michael. He is the president and CEO of the one and only Parade Company. And before you know it, the 96th America's Thanksgiving Parade, presented by Gardner White, will be coming to the streets of downtown Detroit. Can't wait for it, Tony. And I'm so happy that that it's coming back again. Uh, we are we are elated, and we're so fortunate, Dave, with all the great support that we get, you know, from the corporations, the foundations, to pull off everything that we do for the people of Detroit, the region, and the state of Michigan. We're well, these, elated. Yeah, th- well, these things don't don't just happen. Even even with the the great work of you and your colleagues, you need a lot of, you know, really important sponsors. And I was really happy to hear earlier that Gardner White has uh, signed up for is it like a ten year deal? Yeah, they extended to 2031 wow. as our presenting sponsor of, of our biggest event. And I, there's nothing like that. And we are so fortunate, so fortunate. Yeah. What a great family. What a wonderful family. It's great that you keep on uh, getting such, such support. But that's because of the great work you do. You know, it just occurs to me, there might be people out there who don't know what the parade company is. So before we get into some of the details about the parade, tell us about the parade company. Uh, the Parade Company is a nonprofit. It was built uh, back in the early 80s. Uh, Bob McCabe and Detroit Renaissance owned all of the events that we do. He asked then um, uh, First Lady of our state, Paula Blanchard, to build a nonprofit, which will stand on its own. And so here we are. We're the Parade Company, which has gone through the lows, you know, through the years. But right now, rocking and rolling and uh just doing great things for the people of our of our state. Yeah, of course, uh, one of those those great things is the uh, the big uh, Thanksgiving Day parade. It's always a big hit, part of the the festivities in Detroit with the Lions game and and uh, and the run in the morning. Tell kind of tell us about what happens during that day, uh, including the parade. <laughs> well, Wednesday, the day before, we move all the floats out to Woodward. We also put on the S three Turkey Trot, so. 
at 7.30 in the morning, there's 15,000 runners going down Woodward Avenue. Um, a team starts very early that morning, and everybody's in place by 5.30, 6 o'clock. And uh, we roll through. If you, you, know, you know that the television uh, broadcast starts at 10 o'clock of the actual parade itself. So those floats are rolling down at about 8.40 in the morning to get into the TV zone over what is a 2.7-mile stretch of Woodward Avenue in all its glory with close to a million people lining Woodward and a television audience that does a 21 rating. It's, it's quite, quite a day. And then we're also syndicated in 185 cities across America. So this is our chance to put Detroit on a national map and do all the right things for the people of Detroit, the region, and the state. Tony, I can't tell you how much I appreciate the work you do, because even after all the improvements of Detroit, after all the great things that are happening there, too many people don't know today's Detroit. And and unfortunately, they think Detroit is, you know, this this old uh, city, you know, whose best times have passed it by. And it's just not true. It's so great that they get to see a little, uh, a little, kind of experience somewhat a little example on tv all around the country on this great day so for the parade this year what are some of the uh, the highlights that we can be looking for well i can tell you this uh the theme is our great city detroit as you know Detroit was named one of the great cities and the, the the light went off immediately when when i saw that and um so we went with our great city detroit and everything falls in place um I will tell you, this year we have Jalen Rose as Grand Marshal. We have uh, Reverend Wendell Anthony as co-Grand Marshal. Um, we have nine brand-new floats, which is unheard of. Uh, all of our floats are three-year contracts, but we've never built nine in a year, mm. which is total lunacy. <laughs> and uh, we're not done yet with... Uh, just over a week to go. We're not done, but we will get done. We will get done. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's such a big, uh, big uh, achievement. And, and basically, you start working on the next year's parade almost right away after one is done, right? We literally start the Tuesday after. Uh, because think about it. We build everything. We make everything. We sell everything. I mean, everything is done by the parade company. Yeah. And so, And then we're putting on the Ford Fireworks. Uh, and I mentioned the S3 Turkey Trot that morning and Hobnobble Gobble presented by Ford, which is coming up in just a few days, completely sold out. So there's a lot happening inside these walls with just a wonderful team and a great, amazing group of volunteers and then sponsors who who give us give us what it takes to pull all of this off. Well, those beautiful parade floats are uh, really popular. Everybody wants to see them and see the celebrities that are occasionally on there. I know you had Tim Allen uh, in the parade at least once. It was great to see yep. the voice of Pure Michigan in mm-hmm. the parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And and uh, you have so many other participants, bands and such. How many bands are you anticipating this year? Uh, there'll be 10 bands this year, about 23 floats. Uh, and a whole lot of other wonderful things happening coming down Woodward. Now, there, yeah, there's Woodward. something you call them, are they called the big heads? Yes, we have the big heads. Um, and uh, those were originally uh, obtained in Viareggio, Italy, back in the 60s. We now make our own big heads, and we've taken care of those older big heads. They're incredible, and uh, people pay $250 to be a big head. And uh, Dickinson Wright stepped up this year to become sponsor of those. 
And then we also have the distinguished clowns, uh, which are people who pay $1,000 a year to be a distinguished clown, and they march together, and they hand out beads to the kids along Woodward Avenue. And that's 175 to 200 people who are distinguished clowns. And we make all their costumes right here based on what they want to look like. What a, what a great demonstration of community support and community yeah, pride yeah. when people yeah, actually have to pay to participate. Yeah, and Imagine Theater this year, the first time in, they, they're now the sponsors of the Distinguished Clowns. So I, I, it's so neat. Everyone wants to be a part of this, and we're lucky. We really are. We're able to do great things for the people. Well, I know a lot of people are going to be uh, driving into Detroit to come and watch the parade in person. Any tips on things like parking or, um, you know, maybe where to stand, where to sit? Yeah. Well, I tell you, we we don't put up a lot of grandstands. We believe that this is a free event. There's only 5,000 grandstands on Woodward and uh, very close to a sellout. Uh, The rest, it's all free and grab a spot. My, My advice is to come early. Uh, come early, grab your spot, just as my parents did when I was a young kid. You know, we were down here at 6 o'clock in the morning, six six thirty on Woodward Avenue getting ready, and then the treat is you get to watch all these runners in the S3 turkey trot run right by you. It's, it's a thrill. It really is. The, of course, the, the parade is, is it entirely on Woodward? Yes, entirely and- on Woodward. It starts down at the DIA, mm-hmm. and, it, uh, and it comes south right through Campus Marshes. And if you're not going to be watching on TV and you want to come in person, all I can tell you is right now, make sure to go to Michigan.org and check out some of the hotels or uh, visit Detroit.com. Uh, also might uh, give you some good ideas for hotels to stay in the region uh, because you, you'll really want to look at that. And what time do you recommend people show up? Oh, boy. I, I As early as six. Um, wow. You know, I'm out there at 5, 35 o'clock, and there's people lining Woodward. Wow. I mean, you could show up around 7, you know, but you want to you get the great spots, you know. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, uh, it's, it's special. It really is. And, you know, yeah, it, it rained last year, but it's not raining this year, dude. No way. <laughs> it, it no way it, is it It wouldn't rain. happen two years in a row, but I'll tell you, the cool thing is that the America's Thanksgiving Parade, presented by Gardner White, is happening for the 96th year, and you're not going to want to miss it. For information on this big parade and all the other cool things the Parade Company does, go to the website, theparade.org. Our thanks to Tony Michael, who, uh, you know, he's just working it all the time along with his team uh, for uh, everything he does and for joining us today here on Travel Michigan. That's all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. I already look forward to talking to you next week. We'll see you there, right here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling.